0: So thankful for you. Come on, take your Bible to John chapter uh, 1 this evening. John chapter 1. Well, this is going to be kind of a Bible study, and so I uh, kind of need you to follow along. And as uh, we go through these scriptures, I think it's important and uh, I hope it's a blessing to you and uh, I hope it's something that you can take into your lives and use uh, in your life I think it will be a blessing and uh, so I'm not going to use humor or anything uh, it's funny you mention that pastors the only one that don't get my sense of humor <laughs> he does yes he does. <laughs> I don't know uh, sometimes I hear people talk it's when you when you have a sense of humor and you want to make people laugh, it's because you're insecure and you need to, to do that. And that's probably true with me, I, but uh, I enjoy laughing and having a good time. I, I just enjoy that, you know, at work. I love enjoy. I love at work. I just love doing that, having a good time and everything. So I think it's important. Look in verse 16 in John verse 1 verse 16 it says and of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace for the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ let's pray again heavenly father I pray you bless this time we have together I pray you open our minds and our hearts and help us to hear what you have to say Lord, I'm insignificant, and uh, I am nothing. But I pray that you use these words tonight to be encouragement and a challenge to us all. In Jesus' name, Amen. The title of my message tonight is "Grace Practiced." Grace practiced. You know, we have we we say that we have faith. We by faith we say we have faith because we believe. And put our faith in somebody we have never seen we put our faith in God but as the Bible said no man has seen God so we do that by faith but yeah uh, but and grace is the gift that we have where we can recognize it nobody can see the wind but we can see the results of the wind when the wind blows through the boughs of, of a tree and you see the leaves the, and the limbs move. Well, you know there's wind there, right? When you, uh, when you see smoke come out of the chimney and the smoke bends to the flow of the wind, you know that wind is there. When, you, uh, when we feel its refreshing coolness... On a hot, humid evening, late afternoon, and you're sitting on your deck and the wind breeze comes by. Now you don't know, you can't see it, but you recognize it, you feel it. That's the way God is. Now grace is the movement of God in our lives. We can't see God. But we can see his moving in our lives through his grace that's revealed to us. Now, how how is it that we are uh, uh, blessed with such a great, wonderful revelation in our lives that we have grace? Now, to understand grace, we must look in the Old Testament. If you look in verse 17, it says, of John 1, 17, it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So in the Old Testament, grace was different. The, uh, if you, how many of you remember Noah in the Bible? You know, Noah, and uh, obviously we all know who noah was and the bible says that noah found grace in the eyes of the lord notice that it says noah found grace he didn't have it he found it isn't it isn't it, isn't it uh, funny to think that noah was the only one of all the multitudes of people that lived upon the earth Noah was the only one that found grace. Isn't that uh, interesting? And so, now, uh, why was he the only one? Now, the law was given to us to reveal that mankind, revealed to mankind their sinful nature. We wouldn't know what sin was without the law. And that that the sinful nature that we were ha- passed on to us, there is no way that we can approach the Creator with this sin nature without sin taken care of in our lives. Except through the sacrificial system that God enabled, or started, where only one man could come into the presence, into the Holy of Holies, after giving a sacrifice of a lamb that was the firstborn lamb unblemished lamb and he would sacrifice that blood and that would atone for the sins of israel but as we know that is just a picture of what would happen someday when jesus would go to the cross and he himself would offer himself as the lamb now Grace, however, was not present in the sense that uh, it wasn't present that when people had it. It was something that God gave it, on a person-to-person basis. It says in Psalms eighty-four, eleven: for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So God gave grace to those uh, who qualified for the grace. They had to live a certain way. They had to have a certain attitude before God would even offer them grace. They had to pray and beg for God's mercy. So, now look at our text again in verse 16. It says, now look at our text... uh, I just said that, didn't I? And it says, and of his fullness. Now notice in this verse, there's two phrases. And of his fullness have we all received. That's the first phrase. Now notice what it says. It says, and of his fullness. You know, when when Jesus. Now, would you all agree that Jesus is God? He's God. I mean, I don't care what people say. Jesus is God. And Jesus had the fullness of God. God, Jesus Christ, is the creator. Jesus is the one that created all things. And all power and glory is in Christ. Now notice here it says, uh, And of his fullness... Now, when Jesus was on the cross, and he looked across that valley, and he looked into the uh, area, this was the very day that the high priest was offering that lamb, and killing that lamb, and shedding its blood, and offering on the altar. While that man was doing that, Jesus was on the cross, Bleeding to death. Jesus was the lamb. Dying on the cross. And Jesus died. And he gave his fullness to us. It says. And his fullness have we all received. When you receive Christ as your savior. You receive Christ. You receive the fullness of Christ. Everything that Christ had is ours. Now the Bible says in Colossians 1.27. To him to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Amen. So where is Christ? He's in here. So everything that Christ has. And the fullness of Christ is in us. So no longer do we have to strive and beg and live just a certain way. We have grace in us. And it's in every person here that is saved, you have God's grace in you. and It is the gift that God has given us. We're not worthy of it. We don't deserve it. But Jesus died on the cross. And paid our sin debt. In the eyes of God. We have never sinned. And we are clean. And white. Pure as a driven snow. And and so because of that. And because of the sacrifice of Christ. God. Jesus. His fullness of Christ. Lives within us. Now. Imagine yourself. Walking in a desert environment. And you're all by yourself. Maybe you had a plane crash or you just got lost or whatever. And the sun is like a fire unquenched. And the air is like a a, a blast furnace blowing across your face. And the sun... It's like hot coals on your feet. Now. There's only one thing. That dominates your thoughts. And your existence. And and what your existence is crying out for. And what you would give everything that you have for it. That'd be water wouldn't it. You don't care about anything else. Boy you just got to have water. Now. Now. You see a well, you put, you, as you draw out the bucket of water and there's a substance of relief, you realize that that's all you need. Now, grace is all you need in life. Now, I don't mean that we just sit back. I love to work. I'm 71 years old, and I hate to admit it, I should be retired, sitting on a beach somewhere, you know, uh, something like that. But I'd be so stinking bored. You know, I, I love to work. But here, grace is all you need in this life. Now, there's nothing better than grace. There's nothing greater than grace that's in each and every one of us. Listen, the Bible says in Romans five twenty. moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but sin, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Amen. Amen. That means the grace that is in you is greater than all our sins. We're all still sinners, aren't we? We all are. We don't have to confess it one to another. We don't have to admit it to each other. We admit it to God. But even here, if we would be honest and look at ourselves, we would all admit we fall short of the glory of God, don't we? Even after we're saved. But the grace that is in us, Takes care of that. And it's greater than all the sin. The fullness of Christ. Because Christ has already paid the debt. Not only for my past sins. And my present sins. But all my future sins. All my sins were future sins. When Jesus is on the cross. Isn't that a great blessing? That when I. When I. Screw up. Is that a cuss word? Screw up. I do it a lot. So I do a lot of. Listen. We have that grace within us. We need to remember that. And keep that in mind. That that grace. Covers all of our sin. Number two. We see that grace is abundant. Grace. Grace. Mean, abundant means that he, there's enough grace, uh, there's enough abundant grace, or that me, abundant means you have it more than you need. No matter what is your need in your life, whatever sickness or heartbreak or mistakes or things that come your way in this life, there's enough grace to handle it. Abundant grace means more than you'll ever need. So listen, as you walk through life, you can say, yeah, this is terrible, but there's more grace than there is trouble. Amen. Amen? Number three, the grace is sufficient. Now, this right here, what I'm reading to you is the greatness of great of grace. Grace is sufficient, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you're always having all sufficiency in all things. All things. A-double-L. No matter what happens, what it comes to our lives. Grace is sufficient for all things. All things. That everything that comes our way, or that happens to us, or issues that we deal with, that you know, sometimes our biggest enemy is ourselves. The battles we fight within, and up here, in our mind, in our heart. But the grace is sufficient for all our needs. Uh, I remember. I grew up in a, as many of you have, grew up in a different age. When things were different when I was a kid. I mean, just different. When I went to school, only one or two people had cars. You know, rich farmer kids. Nobody else had a car because the, the, the economy wasn't that good. And I remember my grandparents had an outhouse. We would stay up all night with my. Up there, I'd have to go use the outhouse. That's just the way it was. But they were happy. They were happy because that was sufficient for them. It was, they was. That's what they were used to. I'm saying sometimes we want so much that we can't accept that grace is better than anything. I remember when me and Debbie first got married... The happiest times of my life was when we were poor. Amen? I mean, when we didn't have nothing. it's great. I loved it. Now we have a house and cars and motorcycles and all that. You know, now you just work all the time pay for it. Grace is above all the riches of the world. It says in Ephesians one seven. It says in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Now, who's is uh, Musk the richest man in the world? Elon Musk, guy shooting electric cars. I see electric cars everywhere. I mean. It's, Electric cars are all the rage of the doctors and lawyers and all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, I wouldn't want to drive an electric car. You got to drive 350 miles and you got to stop and charge it up. Why would you want to drive something like that for? I mean, I I got I got this uh, Jeep Commander, and it's got a Hemi in it. It's a, it's a 5.7 or something like that. Man, I can go up Signal Mountain passing everybody. It's like driving a tank. Man, I love it. I love driving that thing. My wife, she wants me to get rid of it, but I love my, love my Hemi. <laughs> well, that thing, is, that thing is nice. But listen, I don't care how much Elon Musk has, has. The grace that we have in us is greater than every dollar that he has, and every investment that he's ever made. Listen, money cannot buy. What was that? What was that Beatles song? Money can't buy love. Is that that how that Beatles song went? I I didn't listen to it. Uh, Debbie used to do all that. I always listen to Christian music. (laughs) Uh, But uh, grace, in grace we have all the riches. More than anything in this world that you can think of. You don't have to be jealous of somebody because they got a nicer car. I would never buy another car new car yeah. i mean if you can afford it and got all the money to do it more power too that's okay with me i don't really care I, I i would i have more fun being patient and trying to fight weight on a good deal on a car than buying a new one you know what i mean i i enjoy that you don't i mean the all the tires roll the same the, the heater works the same the windows roll the same it gets you from here to there what I'm saying is, don't put your stock in things of this world. The grace that lives within you is greater than all things. Amen. Grace is without equal. It says here, not only in 1 Timothy 1.14, it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding, abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Exceed. That means a superabundance well go said abundant it was just more than enough now this is super abundance means it's way more than you'll ever use god has it now having said this so far it has brought me us to the point of my message and the point that i wanted to make is that grace Should be a a daily personal opportunity to create a life that thrives in this grace. That lives within us. If we would realize that without grace, our life is a desolate place. So I want to draw from the deepest wells here. of What was readily available to each and every one of us. Number one. I'm talking about. Having a daily thing uh, where grace is revealed to you and recognizing it and exercising yourself in it. I mean, and developing it and growing in grace. And seeing God's grace working in your life and seeing God working in you and in your family and, and whatever. Number one, grace can give daily confidence. Bible says... I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You can get up every morning and say, I can do all things through Christ. I can do it. I can do it. That's what I say to myself. My, it feels like my bones are stuck and they, I can't move them. And I get out of bed and I have to I kind of kind of sneak around a little bit until I get them all limbered up. I'm like the tin man in the morning. I need some oil, WD-40 or something. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now I am, some of you don't may not know me, but I am a Yankee. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. That's where my parents lived when I was born. And pastor, you don't agree with me, but... Uh, I'm sorry, but he's a Yankee, too, because he was born in West Virginia, and that was a Yankee state. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, you know what Indiana is known for? Uh, uh, basketball. We've, I mean, my whole youth, I played. We'd go to, I'd walk to town two or three miles into town, even with snow on the ground. They had this court outside, this family did, and we'd play basketball. And, of course, my hero, I, my favorite ball player, is Larry Bird. I mean, if you're from Indiana, you, you like, how many of you know Larry Bird? Have you heard of Larry Bird? And the 80s was the best time for basketball. I don't care what they say. I wouldn't watch this modern basketball. I loved it in the 80s. But Larry Bird was so good and so confident in himself that he would, when he would leave the huddle, after a play, they told him to play and he's going to get the ball, say, like five seconds left. He'd go up to the opposing team and tell them exactly what he was going to do. He would go to the coaches and say, Listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot it, go over here, and I'm going to set a pick, and I'm going to go over to this corner, and I'm going to shoot a three, and game be over. And that's exactly what he would do. He was so confident in himself and his ability. That he would just go up and tell people. He'd, he'd tell the other team. I'm going to do this, this, this. And there's nothing you can do about it. And he and he would do it. You know what? That's what we should do about grace. I can do all things through Christ. Be confident in what you can do through Christ. Through the grace that lives within us. and I, let me read this next one here to you. It says, "Grace simplifies our life." In Second Corinthians chapter one verse twelve, it says, "For our rejoicing is this: the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have our conversations in the world, and more abundantly to yours." When we live, when we try to develop grace in our lives. Our life gets simpler. Our life gets... How many of you can feel that pressure on your shoulders? And you feel that pressure of raising a family. And you feel that pressure of keeping that job. And, and feel that pressure of life uh, on you every day. And it kind of it weighs upon you, doesn't it? Stresses you out. Stresses me out bible says if we here we say if we develop that grace within us it simplifies our life because we begin to focus on the things that matter and we forget the things that don't matter and we learn to throw the weight off and put it upon god and let god handle it through his grace we trim the fat and we learn to live with what God has given us, and we learn to live within ourselves. Instead, of, and what I mean by that is, we're not trying to keep up with anybody else. I mean, we live in a celebrity-driven society. If a celebrity, I just crazy. If a, if the Kardashians do one thing or another, oh boy, i got Who cares Amen. what they do? I could care less what any of them people do. Amen? I, I, I'm I, not going to change my lifestyle what I think because some idiot does so and so. Are you? But we do have God's grace. Am I making sense? Now, grace simplifies your life. Remember when life was simple, you could just Go to work or do it, and had your family, and it it was simple. God, grace can simplify our lives. Number three, grace brings light in a time of suffering. Remember, in in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Paul had a thorn in his side. Everything was going good. And God, he got a thorn in his side. And it was really bugging him. He, asked, he prayed three times for God to take the thorn away so he felt like he could be a better individual. But the Bible said, he's, the Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest in me. What he's saying is, When you problems come into your life, it is not a bad thing. It is an opportunity to grow in Christ and for Christ to live through you in this problem. So anything comes our way, and there's trouble and heartache and sickness and death and cancer and all those things. It is not a devastating thing. It is an opportunity for god to show you his grace in your life and for us to show that grace to others as we are going through the trouble that's what he's saying here so what god is doing that in no god when we get christians god doesn't take all of our troubles away we still have problems and we still have sickness and we still lose our jobs and we still make bad decisions, and we still have sickness, like everybody else. But what God gives us is light in the midst of darkness. And we can see our way through, and we can make something good of that. Because of his grace. Grace teaches us and guides us. In Second, or in Titus chapter two and verse eleven, says, "For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The grace of God teaches us to live right. Amen." That's what the God's grace does to us. God gives us contentment. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a, isn't that a, if we believed in that grace, we had not have a contented thing, we can look at life and say, listen, I don't care what happens to me, I know God's going to take care of it. I, how many of you have ever been stressed out? And who do you I know I know who my wife takes it out on. You want me to show you these whip marks on my back? <laughs> these scars that I carry with me? I, I have to sit there and take it. Now, 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 can I reciprocate when I get stressed? No, I have to take it out on the dog. I can't. That poor dog of mine. So, God gives us, God can give us contentment. It's a blessing when you're stress-free, isn't it? I mean, it, stress is a, I tell you what's a killer. It'll kill you. If we learn to live by grace and believe God, listen, we can have a better life. Grace brings a challenge. Can you imagine? How many of you have said Who's that a guy that got thrown in jail? He a comedian. He's a black guy. had that show on TV Or the family, the black family. Bill Cosby. You ever listen to his, his uh, record? Uh, record on a record on Noah, and he was doing this routine about Noah just minding his own business. And all of a sudden, he hears Noah, uh. and Noah says, Yeah, well, you know, who's that? Noah, and then uh, finally, he says, uh, Noah, I want you to build an ark. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Lord, what's an ark? And Noah, it's gonna rain. And Noah said, okay, Lord, it's going to rain. What's rain? And the point I'm trying to make is, is that God gave Noah grace to do something he had never done before. And he did it. Can you imagine that? Now, I've got a Milwaukee battery operated saw and all the drills and all that kind of stuff. I could build something pretty neat, you know, pretty fast. Except chicken coops. I've been working on a chicken coop for my daughter for about three months. I haven't got it done yet. It's not a chicken coop. It's a chicken condominium. <laughs> and that's true. Six by, six by ten with windows and a door and uh, air conditioning and heat, lights, <laughs> TV. Listen to me. Everyone, is there anything, you see, the pastor stands up here and pours his heart out trying, trying to get you involved and stuff. He says, well, that's not me. Listen, sometimes you'll never see God's grace until you step out. And then God gives you the grace to do it. You know, I, I flunked speech. When I was in college, I went to a Indiana State College for a while. And I had to take a speech class. I wouldn't go to class because I was too scared to stand up in front of people. And when we had a final exam, I called in and said my mother died so I wouldn't have to go. And he gave me a C. I, I, I just couldn't do it. I was just so anxious about it. I just couldn't do it. Now you can't get me to shut up. I mean, I just, I'm just saying that God, if God, gives you something to do, he will give you the grace to do it. Amen. And you'll never realize the grace until you try. Grace allows a relationship in Philippians 3 10 says that I may know him. Listen when you live by grace a daily routine living in the grace that God has revealed to us. You'll see God work in you. And then you'll begin to know him. You won't see him. But you'll, like the wind on the trees and the smoke. You will see him moving in your life. My challenge is for us to live by grace. And recognize God's grace and seek God's grace in all of our endeavors. But there's one thing that God requires of us to live by grace. And it is in 1 Peter 5:5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud and what? Giveth grace to who? The rich guy. A good-looking guy like me, strong, built. You can tell I go to the gym. I had to use the bathroom there one day and just walk right back out. No, it says, giveth grace to the humble. I wish I wish he would have said, whoever giveth ten bucks in the offering, that would have been easier. But it said, be humble. Humble. Humility is when we see ourselves as God sees us. That's what humility is. God says, if you will see yourself as I see you, I will give you all the grace in every area of your life. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. I want to ask you, you know, uh, everyone here, I will challenge you to make every day a grace day where you seek God's grace in your life, in your marriage, in your children, grandchildren, to seek God's grace. And f- so you can know him and experience all these things that we discussed this evening. Amen. Listen, as you're sitting there... Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Would you raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to live by grace. I want to see God in my life. I want to see God's grace working through me. Would you raise your hand and say, preacher, that's me. I want to see that. I want to see God's grace. I mean, what's it worth worth living for? Wouldn't it be exciting if you begin to see God moving in a great way in your life? Let's all stand, their heads bowed and eyes closed. Listen, if you want to do that, if you raise your hand, would you come to the altar tonight and say, I want to live by God's grace. With me, I appreciate it, and uh, it's been a joy to speak to you tonight, Brother Don. And it's all because of God's amazing grace, and we're thankful for that. Thank you, Brother Market. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Be careful when we're the way home. So glad to see you folks that's visiting tonight. Please come back and let's uh, make sure we have a fellowship of a hand to each one here tonight. Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for the message. I thank you, Lord, for your abounding grace in our lives. Thank you, Lord. For what you have done and will do. Now, Lord, guide and direct us as we go to our separate ways or home. Help us, Lord, throughout the rest of this week. Help us to be back in our places Sunday morning, looking forward to the services. Be with our pastor. I pray, Lord, for him again tonight. He and Miss Laura uh, bless them along with others who are traveling. That you keep them safe upon the roads as they return. In your precious name, amen. Thank you.